0: We've been talking about the last several weeks, time, talent, treasure. And I can remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I'll never forget it in in that football locker room. And when when I made that commitment, I had no idea at the time that I was beginning a life of surrender. It wasn't on my radar screen when I gave my life to Christ in that football locker room. I just wanted to be—I just wanted to be saved from my sins. Uh, I just—I I just didn't to keep—I didn't want to keep living the way that I was living. But I had no idea that I was entering into a lifelong journey of surrendering my life to Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the very moment I gave my life to Christ, there began to be changes in my life, and I quit having premarital sex. Uh, I stopped cussing. Uh, I got rid of the filthy music I was listening to. The, the The bitterness that was in my heart, I began to surrender it to the Lord. And he began to heal my heart. I began to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. And can I tell you something about this relationship with Jesus? Over 21 years later, and I'm still surrendering my life to Christ, it never stops I'm still surrendering. Sometimes it's an attitude problem. Sometimes it's an anger problem. Sometimes maybe I'm, I am said something that I shouldn't have said and I was rude to somebody and surrendering my life. Sometimes it's in the area of my time or sometimes it's in the area of my talent. Sometimes it's in the area of my treasure that I'm surrendering it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Can I let you know something about the Christian life? This life of following Jesus, we would call it being a disciple. The life of following Jesus is a life of surrender. It's a lifestyle of surrendering your will to God's will it's a lifetime of surrendering your life and aligning it to the word of God it's a lifetime of surrendering your life to the work and the power and the leading of the Holy Spirit of God it's a life of surrender and what I've learned about surrender is it's a process and today I want to talk to you about the process of surrender And I want to give you three stages to the process of surrender out of the life of Jesus. And the first stage that you see in the text that I'm going to teach from today is you see the sorrow stage. The sorrow. Notice this with me in Matthew 26, the primary text I'm going to be teaching from today. Matthew 26, beginning in verse 36. The Word of God says... Stay here and keep watch with me. And Jesus had deep sorrow because he was carrying the weight of our sin on his shoulders. That weight of our sin sat on his shoulders, and he knew that he was going to have to pay a high price for our sin, a high price for our salvation. And Jesus knew that he was going to be beaten. He knew that he was going to suffer. He knew that he was going to have to hang on a cross and and die for our sins. And, And surrendering to God's will can oftentimes involve sorrow. And Jesus is in the garden and he's filled with sorrow. No doubt there's, there's sorrow because of the weight of our sin. And there's sorrow because he's trying to get his flesh in alignment to his father's will. And there's, there's sorrow because he wants to please his heavenly father. But yet there's something inside of him that says, I don't know that I want to do this. And there's, there's sorrow. And it's a part of the process of surrender. And you and I can experience the same thing. We can experience sorrow because of our own sin. There's sorrow, there's there's trouble, there's brokenness, there's a contrite heart because we're making bad decisions and there's sorrow because of bad habits and there can be sorrow because we're living outside of God's will. There's sorrow because we're living a life of disobedience. And understand something about sorrow. We can think of that word in a, with a negative connotation associated with it. But I want you to understand that godly sorrow is positive because it's a part of the process to surrendering to God's will. Here's what Paul says to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 9. He says, yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow, notice this, your sorrow led you repentance for you became sorrowful as God intended what pastor you mean there are times that God wants me to feel sorrow he wants me to feel troubled in in my soul yes absolutely there are times God intends for you to feel sorrow can I tell you that it's a scary place to be when you no longer feel sorrow if you're a follower of Christ It's a scary place to be because you know what that lets me know? Is that your heart has got heart. And you're living a life of sin. You're living a life of disobedience. You're doing what you want to do and you don't feel any sorrow. Can I tell you that so many Christians, they can become desensitized to living outside of the will of God. And they're living like they want to live and they do what they want to do. And they don't feel any, any sorrow. And he says, listen, you became sorrowful as God intended. And that's a good thing that when you start living a life of disobedience, when you start trying to get your own will to be done instead of God's will, that there's sorrow. And he goes on to say, and so you were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance. That word repentance simply means to turn. You see, godly sorrow leads us. It leads to repentance. Godly sorrow leads us to the will of God. Godly sorrow is I was going this way, but I felt convicted. I felt the sorrow. I felt troubled in my soul, and I'm going this way, but God wants me to go that way, and I turn and start going this way. Godly sorrow says God wants me to go down, but I've been going up, and I feel sorrowful. I feel troubled, and so now I'm going to start going down. I repent. I start going God way instead of my way. Godly sorrow leads to repentance, and oftentimes it is a part of the surrendering process. I want to do my own thing, but I feel sorrow. I feel troubled. I'm broken inside. I have a contrite heart, and godly sorrow leads us to the will of God. And friends, you will not have a surrendered life without sorrow without brokenness, without a contrite heart. I want you to see the second step. We're looking at the process of surrender. I want you to see a a, a second stage of surrender, to getting to this place of surrender, and that's the struggle. We've looked at the sorrow. Let's look at the struggle. Back in Jesus' life in Matthew 26 and verse 39, it says, Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Jesus fell to the ground and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Notice the struggle. Jesus is like, I don't want to do this. Take this cup from me. Take this suffering from me. There's the struggle. And he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. Friends, I, I absolutely love the Bible. I love the Word of God. The Bible is so raw. We get to see Jesus struggle. Jesus is 100% God and he's 100% human. And the humanity part of Jesus was crying out to his heavenly father. And he was saying, father, I don't want to do this. I don't want to experience this pain. I don't want to experience this, this suffering. And Jesus is crying out. I don't want to do this. I don't want to die. On that cross. And yet his spirit desires to obey his heavenly father. His flesh doesn't want to die on the cross, but his spirit wants to obey his father's plan for salvation. And there's this struggle, there's this battle to surrender to the will of God. The Bible goes on to say it in Matthew chapter 26, in the very next verse, verse number 40, it says, Then he returned to his disciples. And found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch? Couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And friends, it's it's so important that you always under that you understand that there's always a battle going on between the flesh and the spirit. It's a struggle to surrender to the will of God because there's a battle going on in the inside that the flesh is telling us do what you want to do. The flesh says go your own way. The flesh says man, just have a good time. You do what you want to do. But the spirit says obey God. The spirit desires to follow the Lord. The Spirit desires to be in the middle of the will of God, and there's a battle between the flesh and the Spirit. The Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and there's a struggle to surrender to the will of God. Paul talks about this struggle in Galatians chapter 5, and He says in verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives or live by the Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly struggling, fighting each other. Come on, somebody knows what I'm talking about today. Huh? You want to do right and there's, you know, there's the evil right there with you. Come on. You've seen the commercial before, there's the angel on one soda and the demon on the other one. Huh? You know. The spirit of sin follow God and the flesh says, no, no, no. Do what you want to do. Live how you want to live. And there's this battle, there's this struggle. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you, not, you are not free to carry out your good intentions. And some of you have been giving in. And some of you have been living the way you want to live. You're giving in to, to the flesh. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And you say, Pastor, how do I win the battle over my flesh so that I can surrender fully to the will of God? Jesus tells his disciples this. He says, fellas, watch and pray. Watch and pray. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray. If you want to get victory, if you want to surrender to the will of God, if you want to live by the spirit, watch and pray watch and pray the scripture says it like this peter talks about this in first peter chapter 5 and verse number 8 he says stay alert watch out watch out matter of fact when i was studying this week i probably got 20 or 30 verses that talked about watch out watch out stay alert be careful i don't have time to give it to you i'd choke some of you this morning if i gave it all to you but so i had to condense it down but it's a theme throughout your bible it's a theme watch out You want to live holy? Watch out! You want to honor God? Watch out! You want to you want to live in the will of God? Watch out! Stay alert! Watch out! Verse eight says, "For your great enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour." Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Watch and pray. Be strong in your faith. Live by the Spirit. Pray. Stay close to Jesus. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch out! Be strong in your faith. First Corinthians chapter. 16 verse 13 says be on your guard watch out the flesh is saying do your own thing go your own way it's okay and can I tell you it's a scary place to be when you don't feel a battle on the inside when you're just kind of doing your own thing it's like it's good I'm having fun I come to church praise the Lord hallelujah there's trouble there's trouble be on your guard Watch out and he goes on to say stand firm in the faith be courageous be strong watch and pray stand firm in your faith stand firm pray walk with God walk with the power of the Holy Spirit be on your guard stand firm watch and pray. First Peter chapter 4 and verse 7 says this the end of all things is near therefore be alert watch. What, you want to live in the spirit? You want to live in the will of God? Watch out, watch out. Be sober, be on guard, be alert, be aware. He goes on to say, therefore, be alert and and of sober mind. Why? So that you may pray. So that you may pray, you're going to live in the spirit, watch and pray. You're going to follow God, watch and pray. There's a struggle going on. The flesh is saying one thing. The spirit is saying another thing. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How do I get the battle? Fellas, watch and pray. Please understand this church. Please understand that prayer is not about you changing God. When you're in a battle, prayer is not about you changing God. Prayer is about God changing you. See, when you're in a battle with the flesh, you don't watch and pray so that you can get God in alignment with your will. You watch and pray so that you can get your will in alignment with God's will. That's what prayer is about. It's God, i got to get in alignment. My flesh is acting crazy. My flesh wants to hurt somebody. My flesh wants to do what it wants to do. And somebody us know what I'm talking about because some of you live there. And hopefully there's sorrow hopefully you recognize there's a battle going on they say watch and pray because the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak and when you pray god changes you when you pray god strengthens your spirit man when you pray the flesh dies and the spirit lives and rises up in you in a greater capacity watch and pray there's the sorrow. There's the struggle. We're looking at the process of surrender. The third thing is the submission, the submit submission. Notice this in Matthew 26 and verse 42. It says Jesus went away a second time. Notice the struggle. He didn't just pray once because it's a struggle with the flesh. He went back a second time. Notice what happened. And prayed and prayed. Because prayer changes us. Prayer gets us in alignment with the will of God. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. He goes on to say, my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it. Now, I hope you take it away. (laughs) That's what I hope. But may your will be done. Submission. May your will be done. Verse 43, when he came back. He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. The disciples were not watching out. They were giving in to the flesh. Verse 44 is, so he left them and went away once more. He went a third time. It was a struggle. There's his flesh. He's 100% God, but he's 100% man, and he's dealing with his flesh, and his flesh wants to do what his flesh wants to do, and he goes away a third time, and he prayed because prayer gets us in alignment with the will of God. And he prayed a third time, saying the same thing. Friends, Jesus knows what it's like to submit his will to his heavenly father's will, even when his, when, even when his will is in opposition to what his heavenly father wa- wants. And he knows what it's like to submit and surrender his will to his father's will. Many people think that the battle was won in Golgotha when Jesus died on the cross. But friends, can I tell you, the battle was really won in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus surrendered his will to his Father's will. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus made the decision that he would rather go to hell for us than go to heaven without us. It was in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said, Father, your will... It was in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus made up his mind. My flesh wants to go left, but my father wants to go right. It was in the garden of Gethsemane when he watched and he prayed. He beat down his flesh. He paid the price in the garden. And we see the results of it in Golgotha. How many of you are glad Jesus won the battle in Gethsemane? And he died on the cross for our sins in Golgotha. The battle was won in Gethsemane. Father, your will. Be done, And friends, when Jesus surrendered his will to his Father's will, he received heavenly strength. I want you to see Luke's account of this. Luke tells us in chapter 22 and verse 42. He says, Father, if you are willing, this is Jesus, take this cup from me. Yet, not my will, but yours be done. Submission, submission. Verse 43 says, an angel... From heaven. Appeared to him. And strengthened him. When Jesus surrendered his will. To his father's will. The the father provided. What Jesus needed most. Strength. Strength. And he sent. An angel. To minister to Jesus. And to strengthen him. And friends when we submit. To God's will, even when it goes against our own will, we will experience the same thing Jesus experienced. We will experience God's divine help. We will experience God's divine strength. You see, when we surrender to God's will, God will give us the strength that's needed to complete his will. The will of God will never lead us where the grace of God cannot keep us. And when he surrendered, and when we surrender, God gives us the strength needed to complete and to carry out his will. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about being a dream builder, and can I tell you what that simply is? Is surrendering our life fully to the will of God. God, your will be done, not my will be done. With my time, with my talent, with my treasure, your will be done. I think about the area of time, and the Scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 15, it says, be very careful then how you live. People's church, are you careful in the way that you live? Do you even give thought about how you are living your life? Do you even give thought about how you're affecting people at your workplace? Are you giving any thought about how you're affecting your neighbors by your life? The Bible says, be very careful then how you live, Lord. May my time be surrendered to you. He goes on to say, not as unwise, but as wise. And I'm afraid that there are some Christians who are living unwise, who are not surrendered. To the lordship of christ he goes on to say in verse 16 making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. People search. Are you making the most of every opportunity? Do you get up on Monday morning thinking, God, I got to make the most of today. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. You created me to be salt. You created me to be light of the world. I'm not living for me. I'm living for you. Do you wake up thinking, Lord, today, not my will be done. Your will be done. Are you leveraging your time to build the kingdom of God or to tear it down? Lord, your will be done. Surrender. Surrender. I think about the area of talent. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10, it says, each of you, come on, everybody shout, each of you. Uh, Just in case you tried to exclude yourself from the passage. I wanted you to get yourself in the text. Each of you Christians, followers of Jesus, should use whatever gift you have received, and God has given us all gifts, he's given us all talents, to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Are you using your gifts, your talents to serve others? And and I know the natural tendency of our flesh, of my flesh, is to serve me. Is you just serve you. You just be concerned about you. But the Bible says, no, 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 no. The, The Spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. The flesh says, make life all about you. Just serve yourself. Advance yourself. But the Spirit says, no, obey God. Get in line with the will of God. Serve others. Serve others. Are you using your talents to serve others? Perhaps you're not serving anywhere. You're not serving in the local church to build the kingdom of God. You're never serving the community to make a difference. The Bible says it's a mandate. We're called to be servants of God. Maybe we're perhaps serving at the city rescue mission. Serving homeless people, poor people. Serving broken people. Are you serving, perhaps going on a missions trip and serving people and making a difference and loving people. Serving in the local church. You're not serving. Would you use your gift? And I know what some of you are thinking. Here's what you're thinking right now. Because I know the flesh. I know what you're thinking. Pastor, would you move on and preach something else? Come on. Preach me happy. I'm not happy right now. Come on. Tell me God is good and he loves me. Praise the Lord. He wants to bless me. He does. Bless you to surrender. Surrender. Because your flesh is in control. Your flesh is running your life. And just surrender. Surrender to my will. Serve. Use your gifts to be a blessing. Perhaps you're serving once a month in an area. And I just wonder, could the Lord be speaking to you today? By surrendering. Making a difference. I know what the flesh says. I'm busy. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I do. I'm busy. I got the same flesh you have. And here's what I say. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Get in his presence. Watch and pray. Let God work you over. Watch and pray. Until you get in alignment with God. Quit trying to change God's mind. And you get in prayer and say, God, change my mind. Change my mind. Change my heart. When we get in alignment with the will of God, maybe you're serving every other week. And just perhaps, perhaps the Lord is speaking to you through his Holy Spirit. And saying, there's more. I want to use you in a greater way. I want to use you every week. I want to use you to make a difference. And all I would ask us to do is say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. The Spirit is willing. Oh, but my flesh is weak. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. There's a a third area, treasure, the time, the talent, the treasure. The scripture says this in the book of Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. It says bring all the tithes. Or one translation says the whole tithe. And there are a lot of Christians that they they don't tithe. They they call it tithing and they give 2% or 3% or 5%. The tithe is returning the entire 10% to God first. And God says bring all the tithes, the, the whole tithe, into the storehouse. The storehouse should be the local church. Where you worship, the local, bring the tithe into the storehouse. So there will be food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of, heaven of our, heaven's army, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. And you know what I realized? And God realized this, obviously, is that the treasure is one of the most difficult areas for people to surrender. You know what we think? I work hard. It's my money. You know what your Heavenly Father says? That's not your money. That's my money. But God, I work hard. But do you know who gave you those talents? Do you know who gave you breath in your body? And do you know who gave you that job? But God, I got my education. But do you know who gave you that mind? (laughs) And that brain? And God says, what I want you to do is return the first 10%. And I know what your flesh says. I know what mine says. But no, God, I don't want to do that. I got plans. But God, not my will, your will be done. And here's what God says. He says, I know this is going to be a struggle for you. So test me. Try me. See if I won't prove myself faithful in your life. That's why we do the 90-day tithe challenge. It's in the back of a seat pocket. Because God's word is true. But so many Christians don't surrender to the will of God. They give into the flesh. They give into the flesh. They give into the flesh. And all I'm saying to you, watch and pray. Let the Holy Spirit work you over until you get your life into alignment with his word. And honor him. And he will bless you. But I think the more important part is that you would surrender to the will of your heavenly father. Father. The area of the tithe. And then when it comes to treasure, there's the area of the offering. And the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8, it says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yeah, you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And he says this, in tithes and offerings. Now, now the tithe is 10% that we're commanded to return to the Lord. But the offering is an area that we're able to pray about. And God does lead us. And he does direct us. And he does guide us. And we need to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think about our dream builders and, and this commitment we're making for one year to see more change lives. And my wife and I have been tithers for years. And it's during these times like this, I'm just honest with you, transparent with you. I have to watch and pray. I knew this was coming months before you ever knew, praying and thinking about it, knew a third campus was coming and what God was putting together. And, and my flesh goes, you know, Lord, you know, Tiffany and I going to sacrifice $5 dollars and 50 cents. God's like, boy. (laughs) And we've surrendered to the place where we said, God, we're going to give you thousands. And it's watch and pray. And it's watch and pray. And I'm simply saying this, if God doesn't speak to your heart, don't give. You should never get out out of compulsion. But I am saying this, when it's a struggle between the flesh and the spirit, you get in God's presence, it's watch and pray. And say, God, speak to my heart. And I want to be obedient to you to build your kingdom one more. I don't want to live life just for me. I want to live for you. And I believe God is going to speak to a lot of hearts. As you watch and pray, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Next week, we have an opportunity. We're going to make commitments, time, talent, and treasure. If you don't have one of the commitment cards in the back of seat pockets today, would you take it home? Jesus may not say anything to you, but I'm asking you to take it home and watch and pray. And simply say, Lord, I will surrender to the will of God. Here's my scripture for you, People's Church. I've got one scripture I want to speak over your life right now. Here's the scripture. If I could sum up this message, my heart's desire for you is this. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 2. Here's my desire as your pastor. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires. Don't spend the rest of your life chasing your own desires. Desires. If we're honest, there are people here, Christians, washed by the blood of the Lamb. God's Spirit is in you, and you're living your life to please your own desires. And my prayer today is that you won't live the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious, you will be excited, you will be elated to do the will of God. Time, talent, treasure. It's the old song. I surrender all, all to thee. I surrender, I surrender, not some, not two-thirds, I surrender.